Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about all things relating to customer perceived value, sales, marketing, product, everything. Uh, I have a really special guest today. Kat Varley uh, has been in sales in a bunch of different roles for over 25 years, uh, all the way from starting selling entertainment books to housewives and all the way to selling enterprise level technology to Fortune 500 companies. So he's worked for small businesses of 25 employees up to 10,000. Uh, he's sold to just about every vertical you can think of. Over a decade ago, he began a journey in the marketing world. And so now he consults businesses on digital marketing. And so through all of this, he's come to the conclusion that we're now at an all-time low in the sales world in terms of talent acquisition and retention. I want to talk about that, Kat. Um, and that corporations don't have a clear understanding of salespeople, what they should be doing and what they have already on their staffs. So please welcome Kak Barley. Kak, thanks for making it here today. Well, thanks for having me. Let's get started right away on uh, what, you, what you're talking about in terms of uh, how corporations don't have a clear understanding of their salespeople and, and what they have and what they should have. Well, let's kind of start on a layered, layered approach here because you know how this goes, right? You got to peel back the onion. Sure. <laughs> so let's start with an, uh, what I would consider to be a global inherent issue that's been going on probably since the inception of sales, right? Back in the days when people used to sell door to door. Um, there's a reputation problem, right? Yeah. Um, that, that has never seemed to go away when it comes to the reputation of a salesperson or the sales, the sales game, if you will, right? Yep. Uh, started many years ago and now, you know, of course you go through and there's movies about this, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, you know, you get your boiler room and, and that doesn't help anything, right? It's, they're they're yeah. great movies, don't get me wrong. And, and everybody's worked in those situations at one point or another in their lives. But, you know, on the whole, people that don't understand sales uh, look at that and they go, oh, well, you know, salespeople, I don't really want to talk to one of those guys, you know, or yeah. one of those gals. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I started my career in marketing research and then product management and people saying, Mark, you're really good in front of customers. You need to go into sales. And uh, it was that part of my career was like a 15 year cage match of me saying, no, I don't want to be a salesperson. And I finally lost and I had to, you know, go into sales. I did great. But um, I didn't want to think of myself as a salesperson because who wants to think of themselves as a salesperson? Right, right. And it's interesting because uh, I have a similar story to that, where I used to work as a warehouse grunt for a record store wholesaler in town. Okay. Yeah. I just had long hair, uh, holy jeans. And all I was doing was basically stocking CDs, records, stuff like that, or, and then pulling them as well for people that were ordering these things. Right your typical warehouse stuff. 
And uh, I remember there was a group of salespeople. There was three, three guys. And the manager there came to me and said, hey, uh, Mike is leaving. And uh, would you be interested in doing sales? And I, and I looked at him like, uh, really? And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, do you think I could actually do it? Because I didn't know anything about sales at the time, literally. Sure. And he goes, and he looked me dead straight in the eye and he goes, oh, yeah, you could do it. And um, as the story goes, I ended up getting that job and I ended up outselling the other two guys and um, they weren't so pleased with me. But in any case, that kind of kicked off my sales career, as it were. Yeah. Dragging, kicking and screaming into the into the career. Isn't that funny? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, when you look back in those days, and I think what you're exemplifying is that there's a lot of mystery around the sales world, right? Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's misrepresentation. Sometimes it's, oh, my God, I couldn't ever imagine doing that, being in front of people, presenting, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, and, you know, you and I met, and I, I can't imagine you not being comfortable with that at this point, right? Because right. Um, you're distinctly comfortable with it. Let's get back to uh, what you were saying about companies not realizing what it takes, what they should be looking for in sales, and um, what you mean by that. Well, there's some inherent issues there, too, is what I see. First and foremost, generally speaking, corporations don't seem to have an understanding of what salespeople really want, what is their intention. And the way I like to describe, which sounds very almost brutal, but very true, is they're looking at making money. They're, they're, what they're concerned with is what goes in their wallet. Yeah. That, that, is, a true, that is a true, tried and true salesperson. Okay. And I think that um, as you get into these situations where, for instance, you'll get a corporation and then they'll hire a recruiting company, right? And the recruiting company takes, you know, jots down a few notes on what's required, which is basically probably a job posting, right? Mm -hmm. And then they go out there and they do the sort of checklist method of trying to find a salesperson. Oh, you need to have a call. You need this much experience. You need this, you need that. And you need that. none of the questions, not a single bit of those questions or I'll say 80% of them to be fair, have anything to do with making money when they're going out to recruit. Right. Yeah. So right then and there, you can see that they don't understand the salesperson and the value system of a salesperson. Then you have, uh, oftentimes the recruiters, even if they're internal to a corporation, sometimes don't know the value of their own company and what they bring to a salesperson or what they bring to the marketplace. There's been many discussions and I don't know, you know, I haven't talked about this before with you, but you know, I do interviews all the time to get it to, to understand what is going on out there. And a lot of times the recruiters don't understand the value of what they even offer as a company. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that's now you're you're in my wheelhouse on not understanding your value and not understanding what you do differently. Right. And um, and so sometimes I think what happens, Mark, is 
they get to a point of not really understanding their value and they, they, their immediate thought is to hire a salesperson or salespeople. They're like, we'll fix this problem. We'll just hire salespeople, right? But then you got to ask yourself, well, what if, what if the company doesn't have any value? Then what, the, what is the salesperson going to sell? Because again, the salesperson needs and wants to make money. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I, I just want to stop at that one. Uh, the sales want to make money because I, I think it's a little bit of a myth that salespeople are coin operated. That's correct. Certainly, right. They are there. They are there for a job and to make money, but they want a meaningful job. They want a job where they feel good about what they do. Right. And then they want to be paid for doing right and doing well, but they will figure out what behaviors get paid the most and do that. So they will do what you pay them to do, whether that's what you really want them to do or not. There's a very small number of um, antisocial people who are in sales who are just there to shove whatever they can down a customer's throat. And that's not the real salespeople, uh, especially not in a higher level professional sales. So when we, when we say they want to make money, I don't want that. Uh, are you okay with that? me saying, I don't want that to be misconstrued as saying salespeople are coin operated. That's, that's, you're exactly right. And I, I don't want to present that either because that you're absolutely right. They aren't coin, coin operated. But what I was speaking of is just more of the intention. Like to answer the question, why? Why does a salesperson even exist? if he's going to join a company or he or she is going to join a company. Right. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm really talking about, but you're absolutely right. They are not core operated. They will look at everything else. Culture is very important to everybody. It's not just salespeople. I think culture is an incredible importance, yeah. right? Because you know, you can make the, to your point, you can make, you know, six figures, mid six figures, something like that in a sales job. And if you don't like the the business or the people you're working with, I don't, I still don't think you'd stick around. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I really harp on hiring for hiring a sales role for their intention to really help a customer make better decisions and to do well by your customer. I want, I want salespeople that want to help customers buy, mm -hmm. not ones who want to manipulate a customer into buying. Right, and, and, then, and then you're then you're then you're getting into the space that I love, which is called the ethics piece of this, right? Sure. Uh, because I think the best salespeople are the ones that are most ethical. I think they're the most ethical. I also think that it kind of goes hand in hand with the ones who ask the best questions, the ones who are the best listeners, and if there's two salespeople selling an identical product, which again, that's hypothetical. I don't think there's any such thing as two identical products, but um, if you set up a hypothetical where they're selling two salespeople, selling an identical product, best listener wins. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. one, the one who listens and can turn their product most closely into what the customer wants to buy is the one that wins. Right. Because the customer th finds more value in that and can see themselves being a successful purchaser and a successful owner of whatever that is or 
user of whatever that product or service is uh, because the salesperson helped align what the customer wants to buy, the customer's outcomes to their solution. Right. And that, that is the art of selling. Uh, it's not persuasion. It is aligning and that's discovery. Exactly it. That's exactly it. Remember when we talked about this, we talked about how some of the best salespeople, because you, you can go through, you know, personality tests, you can go through, you know, a million books on what makes a great salesperson, right, and all this. But remember what we talked about is this, this concept of matching? Yeah. Right? And that's what you're getting into right there when you say that. And I, the best salespeople in the, this whole 25 years I've ever seen are the ones that match themselves with the client. Yeah. You know, uh, so I'm going to kind of give our audience the background. We had this conversation over a glass of something brown and painful, I think. Right. <laughs> and um, the idea was where they're talking about, is there a, a type of person who's successful at sales? And, you know, are they the lone wolf? Are they the challenger? Are they the, you know, the good old boy? Are they the relationship dude or woman? And we said, no, we, you know, I, I said, and you agreed with me that the ultimate person isn't one of those personality types. It's the chameleon. Mm -hmm. It's the person who matches and aligns how the customer would like to interact. Right. And that's so that, that, that's what, so just, I, I'm expanding what we're, what, what we agreed on just because uh, our listeners didn't have the, didn't have the perspective of that conversation. Or right, that, right. Or that glass of whiskey. Good catch. <laughs> so you also consult with your folks. And let me break right now. And I'd like you to um, give our listeners how to get a hold of you, like your contact information that you'd like to. So if people want to get a hold of you, they can. We'll ask it at the end, too. But I don't want them to wait all the way to the end. Okay, great. I'll, so my name is Kak Varley. You can find me on kakvarley.com. So it's K-A-K. V is in Victor, A R L E Y dot com. Great. And all my information is right there for you. I, I, I'm very transparent. My phone number is there. My email is there. Great. And tell people what, what kind of, what you do and how you help them and where you specialize. You know, we said that in your introduction, you help especially people understand uh, digital and digital marketing, but tell us all what you do. So as, so as essentially an agency, I help people with digital marketing across the board. It could be anything from web design, advertising online, social media management, and so on, so on, so on. Um, and then I also help people on a sales level. I consult them on, you know, basically, um, you know, how to, you know, the right ways to look for a salesperson, what to expect when looking for a salesperson. And I help people on the sales side, too, in terms of guiding them through um, interview processes. I do LinkedIn profiles as well, because I don't know, I'm quite sure you know, Mark, that LinkedIn is a great lead source for people that are looking for a job because in the LinkedIn world, it operates much like any other search engine where it's keyword driven. So yeah. as these recruiters are looking for keywords, you want to be in their searches. Yep. And so I help people, I guide people on their LinkedIn profiles to get that all squared away in an, in, in alignment of what they want to do so that can get leads from recruiters and companies looking for people. Very cool. 
So that's a really great segue into how people should be selling now. Um, as we're talking, uh, if you're listening to this much later, we are on right in the meat of uh, the COVID shutdown. And so we're talking, uh, and the whole world is talking about what's changed, how sales has changed, what's changed in your business, and that digital marketing piece and marketing vertically and selling vertic uh, excuse me virtually um, has suddenly become more important. So tell us more. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what's changed and what's stayed the same. Well, yeah, you know, in terms of what's stayed the same, sales is sales. Um, you know, there is no, as I like to say, there is no silver bullet, right, when it comes to sales. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, you get caught up in these, oh, well, you know, if we just do this, everything will work out. Um, I like to look at sales more on a portfolio. I'm going to, like, I'm, I'm going to interrupt because yeah, I completely agree uh, there's a whole school of, of sales. And the further you get away from sales, uh, an actual sales role, the more powerful this idea becomes. You know, the people in sales don't like it, but if you get out to marketing and then executives, people start to buy into this myth more and more. And that is, there's such a thing as a magic pitch. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And... Um, it's, it is a sweet siren song, man. If we just develop in marketing, if we can just get the right pitch with the right value proposition, you know, the streets will be paved with gold. And so I'm sorry to interrupt you and your flow, but, uh, what you said is exactly true. And I wanted to amplify on that. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because you have a situation that there is no silver bullet and there's a lot that salespeople have to do. And even more so now. So let's, we can get into what's changed too. You know, let's, let's stay, let's stick with the, what, what's going, what has always been, which is there's a lot that a salesperson has to do. It's not just a pitch. It's not a, just a 30 second commercial. It's not just this. It's not just, and you're going to just go down the line. Actually, you kind of need all of it. Yeah. You know, you got to be able to, to, to know the product to, you know, the best salespeople I've seen too are usually know the product really well. They don't just go off of messaging. You know what I mean? Yeah. The best salespeople I know are very behavioral driven. They understand personality traits uh, of the customers that they're dealing with. Right. Uh, so they can communicate better. I've seen that go down as from again, some of the best salespeople. But what has changed is now you have all this new tool set, which is called the digital world, right? And there's what I would call growth marketing methods that can be used from a salesperson's perspective to get in, number one, get in front of customers, acquisition, if you will, and to retain customers, right? And again, it, it's, not, it's not a silver bullet. It's not, yeah. it's not, Hey, just move everything that you've done for the last whatever hundreds of years. And now we're just going to go the direction of digital marketing, you know, with, with sales. No, no, it's an add on. Yeah. It's part of the portfolio yeah. and you're missing out if you're not a part of it. Okay. Uh, but it doesn't also mean that you're going to be the best of the best of the best, just because you've now put all your eggs in one basket into digital marketing. 
Yeah, I think uh, the digital marketing is how, and it's how to connect to people. But two of the things you, you said, one, know your product. And by really- Well, know your product and know your people. That's yeah. basically two things I said. Yeah. So yeah. you said know the product and, and being able to behavior match and mirror. But knowing your product is not knowing the speeds and feeds, the features and, and that stuff. Knowing right. your product is really- knowing how to apply your product's capabilities to your customer's gaps. Right. Need. Um, being able to describe your product in customer language. And in my book, I call that customer outcomes. What are the customer's outcomes? They don't buy your product. They don't buy your service. They don't buy your software. They buy their own outcomes. And so if you can turn your product and describe and articulate your product into the need for their outcomes, that's knowing your product. Right. Um, it's not just being able to recite uh, specs. That's, that's kid stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Being able to know your product means know your, your product from your customers through your customer's eyes. Well, if you're looking at it from a marketing perspective, what you're really getting into is you need to be able to answer the question why. Yeah. Because we can talk about the how all day long and the what, of course, which is the speeds and feeds, right? Yeah. But we have to be as salespeople to answer the question why. You know, why are we in your office, Mr. Customer? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Right? What is this going to do for you? And uh, that kind of goes back to what we said earlier. The one who best articulates and best listens and best matches and aligns what they are offering to the customer's value gaps or their needs um, wins. And so the second thing you said was uh, the person, one of the key skills or key characteristics is being able to, to match behavior and match your customer and uh, make them feel comfortable that, you get them and yeah you know you, you want a great example of that i used to work for a big uh, hardware software company and it was huge i mean we're talking when i started with them there was probably 500 people by the time i left it was 5,000 people right and a majority of those people it was a sales organization okay and i always found it fascinating because you might get a rep that has now gained a bunch of customers right a client base, if you will. And then that, that person leaves. And then the question becomes, where do those clients go? And time and time again, I have seen the most ridiculous ways of figuring out where clients should go. Uh, from, oh, well, they spend this amount. Now I'm just going to send them to George because he does that amount of business or he needs that to fill his gap or whatever. It very, I've only seen it a few times, a handful of times, where uh, a manager or a director has sat down and said, hey, look, tell me, before the, before the rep left, tell me about your client's personality. What, you know, and then they match that to the reps that would fit that personality best. And I can tell you that in those situations, retention was far better than any other, any other process. Yeah. Well, that, and it makes sense when you think of it after the fact, but nobody's thought to do that. Right. Um, 
And one of the other things that I'm, I'm kind of keen on, and it's kind of one of my uh, rants lately, is that in a lot of organizations, there's a whole host of roles besides sales that are intimately in contact with your customer. And we tell them, please don't act like salespeople. Please just do your job. Please just stay in your lane. Don't try to discover any value. Don't discover any gaps. Just do your installation, do your tech support, do your project management, do your customer success, do, and don't act like a salesperson. And um, I always say that that's, as a company, you've got a whole bunch of forward observers each with a completely different, unique perspective on the customer. And as a company, if you fail to take advantage of all those different perspectives and, and vantage points, you're silly. But now when you add in the, the idea of now the salesperson's leaving, but we have an entire rest of the team and we can show the customer a whole lot of stability rather than a whole lot of interruption, that's one more reason to do that, right? Yeah, it's, that's, that's an excellent point because um, I think that uh, the lines are blurring. Well, let's start with this. I had a great, I, I remember one time, very long time ago, probably 20 years ago, my, my sister-in-law, who didn't know I did sales at the time, I was just starting to date my ex-wife at the time, and, and she, she said something snarky about salespeople. Ah, oh, salespeople, I don't want to deal with those guys, you know something like that. And I just laughed um, because, you know, I've been through sales for so long. It, it, I've got such a stiff, thick skin anymore. It doesn't even bother me anymore, but I just started laughing. I go, well, I'm a sales guy. And I, and then I said, I said, and she kind of felt bad. I said, Hey, don't feel bad, but let's talk about this for a second. I want to, let's take this as an example. You just told me a story only about what, 20 minutes ago where you wanted to go buy something and you had to talk to Steve, your husband about it. Right. And uh, you remember telling that story and how you kind of pitched it to him and, and this and that. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, you did sales. <laughs> Everybody does sales. Yeah. My kids do sales on me every day. You know, it, <laughs> we, we, all, we all do sales. Every single one of us does sales, right? Uh, but then we have the lines are blurring in a, in a corporate sense, right? Uh, I see salespeople now that are, if you really look at it, they're not just doing sales. They're doing customer service. Uh, they're doing um, product management, product marketing sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then uh, this, this concept, I think what my prediction has been for a number of years now that sales and marketing uh, will no longer or will eventually no longer be a separate separate entities because back in the day it was marketing did their thing sales did their thing and i've seen this in companies that i work for where those two organizations just bicker back and forth and point fingers at each other right well i got you leads what'd you do with them you know i mean and it's just constant back and forth but they're not working together yeah. so i had this concept that I call sarketing where it's sales and marketing, right? Because I think in this world today, the lines are blurring and they have to blur because everybody needs to be involved at this point. Yeah. Even all the way up to the CEO. In fact, you know, when you look at the fact that you and I are in this C-suite network, right? When you, and you, you, we get in these meetings and the reality is 
even, you know, they're in the, you know, these people are in the sales world too, right? Exactly. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I think when you talk about sales, just saying that you have a sales department is already kind of a, I don't know how to put it, but not a good depiction of things because yeah. really everybody in the company needs to sell at some point. And by the way, like you said, somebody might have a different viewpoint or an idea that could be very valuable to the rest of the company. And it doesn't matter if you're sitting in the sales seat or if you're sitting in somewhere else in an administrative role. Yeah, we have a, we have a whole half hour podcast where you and I talk about roles and uh, what they are and what they should be and what they shouldn't be. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a whole nother, that's a half hour discussion right. just to dip our toe into that. Right. Um, so in this uh, period of um, challenge with pandemic, um, you, we kind of said that the things that are important, some the things that were always important are still important. Some of them have shifted in importance. I don't think there's anything new. I think some of the things that were on the back burner moved to the front burner, and some of the things that you know on the front moved to the back. But there's nothing new on the on the stove. It's all stuff you knew you had to do. Uh, you had to connect with your customers. You have to be empathetic. Right now, it's more important than ever just to contact people and say, "How are you doing?" How can I help? What, you know, what can I do? And that contact with empathy without intention of moving a sales forward or conspicuously moving a sales forward, that's something you always really needed to do. But now if you don't, you're failing. Um, so showing empathy, uh, connecting, making sure that you stay in front of people and using the tools they need to be connected. Even if you're, you can't uh, be knee to knee, do it virtually. Um, mm -hmm. I think all those things are, those are still in the mix and it's not anything new in the mix. It's just become really important. And there are the, the margin for error on some of these things is smaller. Yeah. If you go on my website, the very first, in the very first two lines, it says humans want to connect. And so you, to your point, what a better time now to connect with your clients. I, I don't, you know, you can be in a, in your own house all you want, but people, you know, right now probably need to have a discussion, probably need to, you know, talk with somebody more than anything. And you don't need to sell anything at that point. You yeah. just need to be there for, for people. I think I'm seeing a lot when I, cause again, I'm in the digital marketing space. So I'm uh, heavily uh, involved with the social media aspect of this. And I see, a lot of my friends who are, you know, the extroverts, you know, that are really having a difficult time right now because they have no way of getting out there. And I'm kind of struggling a little bit. Most of my business is nationwide and I communicate mostly virtually, email, voicemail, Zoom, phone calls. And, but I still, um, I work from the home office and I have to get out like, couple times, a couple, three times a week, just go to a grocery store and wander up and down the aisles and pick up one thing if I need something. And, you know, even though I treat, I treat the store as my get out of, you know, get out of the house when I'm, and I can't do that anymore. Right. My wife is in healthcare. Um, and so she's, I can't expose myself to anything that she's going to be bringing into a hospital. 
And she has to be really careful of not bringing anything home to me. So we are hyper careful now. And I just, uh, I no longer have that flexibility. And, it, and it's hard. It's hard for me to say, you know, I, I can't get up. Maybe I can walk, go out and walk out in the desert. Right. <laughs> but I, I sure can't go someplace where there are people anymore. Right. <laughs> that's true this is true and well we all got to do it and hopefully we are doing it and the, the more we you know it's funny i think as as a as an entire country i think we're pulling together more than we have been for a very long time even though that we're separated yeah we're pulling together right yep the things that are most important we're take we're doing them using different tools but uh, we've, we've realized how important it is. And I think it's, it's kind of cool to see. Um, and CAC, it has been great. Time is fly, has just flown by. Um, I really appreciate your time. And I think we need, we need to have a follow-up discussion to, to uh, fill in all some of the gaps that we, issues that we raised but never really discussed. Right. Hey, can I, can I give an offer to, to your Yes, to please your do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am, my company is actually, uh, putting together a product that is, uh, it's basically a social media counter that basically does all the thinking for you and combines, uh, combines the calendar with, uh, a proven social media strategy that we've had for, that we've been using for like a decade or so now. Okay. And so what I want to offer your listeners is, um, this, and it's not out yet, but, uh, when it does come out, I want to make sure that I get your listeners uh, this product. Uh, it'll be um, for for the, pro- the special price for your listeners will be forty one dollars. Okay, and the way to get this product uh, is to go to our website, which is called four one one, and that's basically the the uh, the word for the number one and the word one. So F O U R the number one one.com uh they can sign up there and as soon as we have as soon as we have launched a product we'll make sure that they're communicated with and we'll get them that well that's great cac thank you so 41 dollars at 411 great there you go and uh thank you um yeah the the whole concept of the product is just to take it a little bit step further is to bring is to help people bring value to the social media world and at the same time make it easy for them because uh, we all can get on social media and do our things, uh, but how do we bring value so that you can grow your audience and, 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 and possibly even make um, uh, sales? Yep. Uh, and I will offer anybody that does that, if you've talked to them and they don't understand how their value has changed in all of this, uh, everybody's, every company's value has changed because of the pandemic. Some have gone up, some have gone down, some are just plain different. Um, if you find somebody that is not communicating their current value and they're communicating what their value used to be, bring me in and I'd be happy to help have a discussion so that we kind of get that value and all of their value propositions updated. I'm happy to throw that in with anybody that goes in and uh, connects with you on your service. Excellent. Cool. That'll give us a chance to work together more. Yes, I would love that. Cool. All right, CAC, uh, one more time, why don't you go ahead and, and give your coordinates besides 411? Uh, it is uh, CAC Varley, K-A-K, V as in Victor, A-R-L-E-Y, 
com. Great, Kat. This has been a great conversation. And I hope, uh, listeners, I hope you've gotten as much out of it and uh, as I have, as we've, you know, I feel like I've learned from CAC. Um, so I'm a better person for having hung out with you for half an hour. Oh, shucks. <laughs> so uh, everybody, thanks for uh, tuning into the Value Clarity Podcast. And remember that customer value is in the customer's head, which means that your success lies all in your customer's mind. Thanks and have a great day. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive over you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues, cause you'll be singing those old, don't know value blues. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.